Welcome to the Trek Through Holy Week podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Marsis. I'm Vicar Aiden Moon. And this week, we will trek toward the cross and the empty tomb together as we reflect on the events of this central week of the church year. Today is Easter Sunday. It's also called Resurrection Sunday or the Resurrection of Our Lord. And Easter is really seen as central, is it not, to uh, the Christian celebration. So as we begin, the first question is, what is Easter? So Easter is the holiday in the church year that where we celebrate and remember the resurrection of Jesus. And since the resurrection of Jesus itself is a central event in the Christian faith, it's really a big part and big pivotal moment in the Christian story and the pivotal moment in the Christian story. Uh, this is when the church every year cycles back around to remembering and celebrating this day. And it's really about this dramatic reversal of the death and burial of Christ that we've we've seen earlier in the week on Friday. And so uh, it's directly tied together with Good Friday. We mentioned before that the services that go from, from Maundy Thursday to Good Friday, um, sometimes Easter Vigil, and then into Easter Sunday, they all tie together. They're all linked as services. And that's because this is really one story. And we see that the Easter Sunday really only makes sense in the context of Jesus' death. So we're, we're moving from um, the death and burial, the tragedy and the sacrifice to this being overturned as he rises from the dead. Right. It's very dramatic reversal from death to life. And uh, so oftentimes uh, from a human perspective, you would see a person's death as really the end of the story. But really for us as Christians, his death is the beginning of the story in a sense that it all comes back to that as we move forward as a Christian people, as we celebrate throughout the year, it all comes back to that death. Even Easter ultimately comes back to his death. So uh, it's very much opposite from how the world would view things as an ending. We view it as a beginning. And so Easter is this joyous and wonderful opportunity for us as Christians uh, to come together. And so the early church really celebrated the resurrection uh, uh, often, and they kept coming back to it. Uh, Let's face it, that's really why for most Christians, uh, we celebrate uh, mini Easter celebration every Sunday. It's one of the reasons why we've moved our main worship time to Sunday instead of Saturday, as in the ancient church. But really also we've moved it to that we worship every day. So it's not just Easter Sunday as we have those many Easter celebrations, but really every day of the week. And and the season of Easter then goes on for quite a while, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the the season of Easter is this whole season that's longer than Lent that is now for um, all for celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And it can't be emphasized enough that the, I mean this is the big event. Really, without the resurrection, Jesus was sort of a tragic figure who happened to die on a Roman cross, and that's the end of it. With the resurrection in place, we see his whole ministry is is fulfilled. And so you could think of this in, in three Vs, victim, vindicated, and victorious. So think of it this way. You have Jesus is the victim. He is a victim of the evil of human beings on the cross, um, of human sin, but then he's resurrected. He doesn't stay dead. And then in that resurrection, he is vindicated. So he's vindicated against his enemies who destroyed him, and he it proves and vindicates who he said he was. He is truly the son of God. Um, he has been restored by God. And then 
that vindicated resurrection means that he is victorious and he's victorious for us over our enemies of sin and death and Satan. And so sin and death and Satan don't have power over us anymore. So I like to think of it in those three V's as he is the victim who is vindicated and victorious. One of the interesting things as we've gone through our trek through the scriptures is relearning, uh, learning new uh, information about some of the Old Testament stories that we grew up with. And so now here, we see a real connection at Easter with the Old Testament. In the beginning of Genesis, we see the new creation. The creation was made perfect. And then, of course, there is the fall as uh, Adam and Eve fall into sin, and now sin enters the world. And in the New Testament, one of the things we hear is sin entered through one man, the first Adam, and sin was uh, done away with by the new Adam, by one man, the new Adam, Jesus. So we see that connection as through Adam, all sin, now through Christ, all are made alive, all are forgiven from those sins. So that connection, Jesus being the firstborn of the dead. And so therefore, that's that image of the new creation. We we learned of the creation again in Genesis, and then the fall, and now we have this new creation in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I mean, the big picture story of the scriptures is God's care for the creation, even after it's fallen to sin, even after it is, uh, as Romans 8 says, it's subjected to futility as it is caught up in all of the the consequences of that first sin. God cares about his creation and he wants to restore us, including us human beings. And the big pinnacle of that is the the new creation of human beings in, in God's image. Um, we've lost the image of God in some sense in the fall, and now God's recreating it. And in Jesus, we get the first image of that, of what a resurrected person um, is. And that's the the hope that all of us have too. We can, we can look forward to that as those baptized into Christ. And so, uh, this connection, it's really a central point to the whole story then as God brings Jesus back from the dead. And and the New Testament writers talk about this as the bedrock of our faith, um, really the starting point. Um, I'll read a little section from 1 Corinthians 15 because I think this is helpful for us in reflecting. And I'd encourage you, um, 1 Corinthians 15 as a whole chapter is really beautiful um, reflection on the resurrection of Jesus. So if if this would be something you can do today, I would encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 15 for your Easter reflection. Um, This is from 1 Corinthians 15. If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. Which, again, gets back to what you're saying about Adam. Um, so that's, that's just a small part of 1 Corinthians 15. Again, I'd encourage you to, to reflect on that further today. And one of the interesting things as well is that Paul talks about this more when this connection with baptism in his letter to the Romans in chapter 6. And at the beginning of all of our funeral services here at Zion, right after the invocation, as we've begun the service, one of the things that that we say is we quote Romans chapter 6 and say, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. If we have been united with him in his death like his, we shall certainly be united with the resurrection like his. So at the uh, funeral celebrations, we tie baptism, death, new birth, and the resurrection. And so here at Zion, every one of our funeral services, we begin with this, that connection to that. And so uh, we are drawn back again to Easter, the resurrection, and that it is a uh, new life and not uh, the ending, but really the beginning. And there's a lot of uh, little things that we do every uh, throughout the Easter celebration. We often talk about how the early Christians, when they greeted one another, they would say, he is risen. And their response was then, he is risen indeed. Alleluia. And with Easter, the Alleluia's come back. We haven't used them throughout the season of Lent. Uh, now we bring back the celebration. The music is much more upbeat. And, uh, and so, um, we always like uh, almost every Easter see without giving the clue into the congregation that they're going to follow. And I'll say, he is risen. And we'll see if they shout out, he is risen indeed, hallelujah, or there's kind of this small, he is risen. Uh, but, <laughs> and if that's what they do, then of course, okay, now, come on, it's Easter. We're going to have that, we're going to have that celebration and we get them to do a little bit louder. But it's, it's that response back and forth, reminding that as fellow believers that he has risen for us and the fact that we can celebrate. Well, and we talked about it. This the the resurrection is a dramatic reversal of Good Friday, and in in a lot of ways, it's a dramatic reversal of the whole season of Lent that we've been in. And so it is. It's, there's this very clear distinction in how we follow our orders. That when we get to uh, Easter Sunday, there's this sharp change. All of a sudden, the Alleluia's are back. There's the we often have you know the the beautiful powerful brass with all these great victorious resurrection hymns. Um, there's a an intentional sharp distinction between um, the season of Lent, which is a season of reflection and repentance and sometimes like more sadness and thinking about darkness in the world and also then reflecting on Jesus' death. And now we're in this season of celebration and there's a pretty, pretty clear and dramatic um, movement that goes on as we move into Easter Sunday. Well, throughout the season of Lent uh, here at Zion, we use what we call Lenten wreath. Uh, there's six candles. And uh, on Ash Wednesday, all the candles are lit. And as each week, as we get closer and closer to Good Friday, uh, there are fewer and fewer and fewer candles lit. Why? Because on Good Friday, the light of Christ's life was snuffed out. Now on Easter morning, uh, this very tall, fancy candle at the front of the church called the Paschal candle, uh, for the most part, most of the year, it's not lit. Now it is lit and it signifies the 40 days that Jesus is among his disciples from his resurrection to Ascension Day. And so throughout that season, this candle is lit. It's reminding us of his presence. Uh, during special times of the year, that candle is lit. We have it on baptisms. We have it lit at funerals. We have it lit at weddings, reminding of his presence among us. But throughout the Easter season, this Paschal candle is lit all the way through the gospel reading on Ascension Day when Jesus is ascends into heaven, and then the candle is extinguished, signifying that he has gone off into heaven. So there's this symbolism, even in the sanctuary itself, reminding us that we're in this special season, this season of Easter. And that's even true of the colors. So we've we've talked a little bit about this before, but you have different liturgical colors as part of the service throughout the year, um, whether it is blue for the season of Advent or purple for Lent. And now we have um, white 
and gold, which are used sometimes for for celebration, other celebrations throughout the year as well. But for the Easter season, that's what we have the whole time, all the way through, um, up until we get into the next season. So this celebratory white, and sometimes we'll have some some Easter lilies, right? You know, you'll have the Easter lilies, the white flower. That's also this this symbol of new life in the springtime and all this. So um, even the colors that we have are pointing us towards the season that we're celebrating. And so as we uh, draw to a close as uh, this trek through Holy Week, there's some closing thoughts that uh, I think are very important as we draw together over the last seven, eight days. We have looked at the various days of Holy Week leading up to Easter, and the resurrection makes our present life meaningful. Death is what creates meaningless, and so free of death, we know that our work is important, uh, it's meaningful, and as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So uh, for us as Christians, it really comes to a, a head here at Easter, and we're reminded that there's something different about us now as Christians, as uh, resurrected Christians. And as we go into this season, as we're as we're reflecting on this event, it's going to go on for another couple of months we have. This is just the beginning. Uh, it, it's going to go all the way until Pentecost Sunday, um, which falls on June 5th this year. So that's how long we're going to have the white colors and celebratory hymns and all of that. And it's actually a longer season than Lent. It's a big season. And it's a longer season than Lent and that it celebrates this victory for, for even longer than we were in mourning and reflection and repentance. We're celebrating Christ's uh, victory over the grave, um, that death has lost its sting for us as Christians. As we go through the season, we'll continue to say again and again, the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. 